um, uh, and and so it was. Here we go. It was it was funny because I took and and so the next day I'm I'm in, I'm hurting right and and then I came home came home early took a couple of time and I laid down woke up and and uh, and I thought I'll be a good husband and I'll and I'll I'll drive my wife back to the drive through clinic right that evening. I'm prepared for her to be, you know, in all sorts of pain because I think I got a high pain threshold. <laughs> so I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the pain to kick in for her, right? So she gets it, and I thought, okay, next morning. She's like, oh, it's not so bad. Like a little spot. I'm like, I could I could barely move my fingers without, without pain. So I don't I don't know. I, I was I was uh I was disappointed because I thought she would you know, she would experience the same or similar level of, of discomfort. I was just a suck. <laughs> I think, I think the conclusion is we're whips. whips. <laughs> I, ah. think that's, I was, I was down for the count. I, I, I almost took the stand in eight, but <laughs> it was, oh man. Oh, people could see me at the office and I, it was a good thing. It was kind of a quieter day. I was doing, I was preparing stuff and, and just, you know, the time had just allowed it. And it was, I could, it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, man, this is not feel, still not feeling right. I figured, you know, I'll be fine by noon. I couldn't it make, I was just like, you know what? I, I'm going to go home just lay down for a bit and I'll get up. I'll do some work. I, and it was just, yeah, it was not comfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it means it's working, which is a good sign, right? Like that's, <laughs> I, I, my body temperature changed, uh, and uh, I mean, I was I was joking with the experience, laying in the bed the first time I was ever called hot. <laughs> Ooh, you're hot. You gotta leave. <laughs> when your wife calls you hot, it's like, man, it's all yeah, right. yeah, this is good. Feeling good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> that, that was an ego trip that I lasted all of about yeah. 32 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah. no, get I'm like, what? <laughs> you get your pool and blanket, go to the couch. Oh, man. I mean, for a while, you're like, man, after 20-something years, you still think I'm hot? Oh, man. No, no, no. Really. <laughs> Literally, you're hot. You got to go. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The stories we tell ourselves to build up our ego. Yeah. Well, uh, well, well, funny. Well, uh, we're recording. Good. Um, so, uh, you know, so we're back talking about bald leadership and I wanted to, I, I had a story I had to tell you. Um, so I, I told you that I had my, my, my car had, uh, some damage to the front. A rock got kicked up and it, it put a big deep gouge in the in my hood it was unbelievable and so uh, I, I took it into the, the the shop to get it looked at and so um, there's a, 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 a the painter I know and the lady who owns the company uh, has taken care of oh gosh three or four vehicles <laughs> it, may, it makes it sound like I, I got a real problem with with damage but I mean over the years she's taken care of of all vehicles so um, and she's, and they're very meticulous. She's very meticulous, w wants to care for the person. Um, and, uh, and, and my friend is, is, uh, very similar. And, and so 
I took the vehicle in and okay, that was, that was fine. So last Wednesday, yeah, last Wednesday, um, uh, they say, bring the car in, Colin, don't you worry. I'll have a rental for you. Um, so just, you know, just come in. What time do you want to come in? And I said, well, how about, you know, about quarter to eight Would that work? Yeah. Just come right in. We'll have a car ready for you. Uh, in two minutes, you'll be on your way. So I thought, okay, that's cool. And, uh, so I pull up and, and, uh, and she sees my car. And so, um, just, just so you know, I mean, you, I know you've, you've seen the car. I don't know if you've been in this one, but, but, um, like it's, it's, it's got a really throaty engine, right? Mm. Like it's, it's a, it's a 4.7 liter. It's got two Uh, chargers on uh. it. Um, you know, you just have to think fast and it goes, Uh. right. You barely have to make this thing move. And it's, it, um, you know, it's a lighter body with 402 or 404 horsepower, something like Uh. that. And, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not a supercar, but it's quick. Right. And, and, and so, um, and it's effortless when it's, when it's moving. So, uh, so I bring the car in and, and I think, great. And so she's pulling the paperwork together and she's, you know, they had a stack of three or four rentals. So she asks her assistant, okay, which one is for Colin? Okay, great. And she grabs and looks at the paper and she giggles. Doesn't say much. She looks at the paper. She looks out the, out the front window. Cause they, they pulled the car up in front and she giggles. I don't know why she's giggling, right? She goes, this is not exactly the automobile that you had going. I'm like, I'm like, I wasn't expecting that. You know, I'm just happy to get some wheels and, and, you know, I'm trying to be bashful and humble and say, I just need transportation. (laughs) Famous last words. (laughs) I just need from, yeah, I just need to get from point A to B. I'm not concerned. And, uh, so, okay, no, no problem. So, uh, you know, they take me out and walk me around the vehicle. You know, you do your checks and everything. And I'm like, this is actually, the car looks nice. Like, it's a nice looking car. It's brand new. Um, and uh, brand new. There's not a chip on it. Nothing. And it looks fast. Like, it's got a nice body style. And and I'm thinking, you know what, this this will be all right. I, I don't, you know, I'll. So this is Wednesday. She goes, listen, um, we're going to, we're going to make sure that your car, we're going to move it up quick and we'll make sure you have your car by the weekend. But well, you don't have to do that, but I appreciate that, you know? And so she, she's helped me out and, uh, you know, you want your car back. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I then get in the car. They have the car running for me to get in the car. And I thought I'm looking around in the car. I was like, this isn't so bad. I don't know what she's giggling. I, I mean, it didn't have the leather seats, but it had, it had the Apple CarPlay thing and uh. it had, uh, you know, the heated seats and, uh, you know, just, it had some really nice appointments to it. And so I thought, I, I don't know what she's laughing about. I'm, I, you know, my ego isn't that big. I, <laughs> I'm fine with it. So I backed the car up and then I put it in drive and I put my foot down to go <laughs> to get on, <laughs> to get on the freeway, on the, on the ring road, on the freeway. And I, I put my foot down. And this car sounded angry. Like it was like, you know, you know, you know, that sound that uh, like, whoa, snap. The problem was it it was barely moving, right? (laughs) I had my foot down and this, and this car is trying, right? It's, it's trying. And and it, it kind of frightened me because I thought, oh my goodness, like I gotta, 
right? And so I, I, I get out and then I go to try to pass somebody and I put my foot down and the same angry noise comes out of it, but nothing really happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so now I'm laughing at myself because I'm like, oh man, I've been spoiled. But I, don't, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't think anything of it. I then go back. Uh, so I have the car for a couple of days and, uh, so the, so the Friday morning, they, she sends me, and she'd been sending me pictures showing me the progress, which I thought was great. You know, Hey, you know, we're stripping it down. We're, you know, we're sanding it. Here's the next, you know, we're putting the clear coat on it. We got the special coatings and, uh, and, you know, so she's sending me these photos and, and videos. I thought they were fantastic. I put them up on, on, uh, on, on my social page. So, um, <laughs> so that. So, Gavis, when I'm driving, I was driving the car back, and I'm having the same experience. Every time I put my foot down, it would, it would make a very aggressive noise, and it, it the soundtrack was fantastic. It's just physical response wasn't what I was expecting. So I'm driving back, and I realize, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up what is under the hood on this thing, right? So it's it's a 1.5 liter. <laughs> I'm looking. Okay, so this is the, less than a third the size. Now it did have a turbocharge. I got to give it that. So that's probably what made all that extra sound, right? So I'm driving this thing back, and I went, you know what? It was like, wasn't it like three weeks ago you got your mama car? This is the same car as you got your mama. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a beautiful looking car. And I'm like, so I'm like, oh man, Ms. Reed. Um, I don't know how you drive, but if you drive aggressive, it's going to make a, it's going to, it's going to sound aggressive. So I'm just warning you, you know, it, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's got 160 horsepower, which is more than enough to get around, but I'm like, didn't Kate's buy this car? <laughs> That's the same car, man. <laughs> so... But I, I have to laugh myself, and it's like, yeah, I, I did. I actually did have to put my ego back in, in my pocket. So, I, here's two observations. One, thank you for not telling the brand because we might need sponsorship later. So, thank you very much for that. And two, here's the deal. Whenever a young lady's chuckling when she's about to give you the keys to a car. <laughs> yeah I, I should have known i should have known right off the bat it's like okay there's something like, why are you laughing <laughs> completely i'm like why, why are you laughing? it's not until i put them it's like yeah now i know why she's laughing at me. <laughs> this segment sponsored by car with 1.5 liters <laughs> let's leave it there you know and the first thing she said when i when i brought the car back Right. I pulled up and they had my car outside. They had it all detailed and looked beautiful in the sun. And I uh, bring the car back and I pull up and she steps out and we're smiling. So she says, so she, she says, yeah, when you left, we all, we all took best. <laughs> Cause when we start your car, you know that, you know, it means business. It's ready to go. Yeah. It's ready to go. It's ready to go. Okay. But let me get him. Let me get him. Yeah, you pull up to yeah. a red light. You know, I, I could take him if I need to, but you know, uh, maybe today I'll let him have a pass. And, yeah, I got to yeah. tell you, when my mom drove this car, 
<laughs> from the dealership. The car that will go unmentioned. <laughs> <laughs> she said famous uh, words. Man, this thing really get ups and goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, I got nothing to add to that. Each to their own, I suppose, right? It's like, well, you know, it's a matter of perspective. It's, it's a matter of perspective. <laughs> there might be a few decades different in age and perception of speed, but hey, who's counting? <laughs> oh, but, you know, I, I, I do have to say it's all compliments. I like the interior of it. Like, I, I, I really liked it. It had ni- nice uh, technology put in there. And I said, this, this, is, this is nice. This is nice. Uh, uh, let's just, no one investigates this. We do need sponsorships. So yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I admire the body style. I, I yeah. it, was, it was really nice. Uh, so uh, it just, what it looks like and what actually happened just didn't seem to line up. And the sounds and everything, right? So. Okay. All right. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. So that was my lesson in humility, right? No, I'm thinking, man, this guy's driving slow. I'm going to pass him. And I put my foot down and nothing happened. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, a lot of great sound, but it just, that was it. Like, That's the car you take to the red light. You stop and you rev the engine. You rev it up. Yeah. And everyone thinks, oh man. But then you, you just nah. let the other one go. Man. Yeah. Oh man. Well, well, if I can, let me let me pivot for, for a minute here. Let me pivot to it for a minute because, um, you know, we we had uh, we've had some really interesting discussions here recently, and and um, you know, since particularly with the onset of the, the, this pandemic that we've that we've been through, uh, I've had many conversations. I've listened to many conversations um, uh, with leaders actually from across Canada that are either people who are on boards of, of, of companies in Canada and um, a lot a lot with uh, kind of a director's groups that, that I'm a part of. And the discussions have, have morphed from what happened at the beginning of the pandemic, where it's like, okay, when we all realize, you know, in a lot of cases, we kind of have to either shut down or significantly change how we do our delivery and, and, um, and then as, as, as that initial wave of, okay, that shock hit us, it was then, okay, how do we, how do we adapt and what is leaders should, should we have our eyes on? Like, what should we be listening to? What should we be, um, what should we be, be thinking about? And because there's a, there's a lot of, I'm going to just use the word distractions, that there's a lot of different things happening where suddenly we're not too sure what to, where to put our focus on because of this, this disorientation that's happened. Right. And, um, and the effects of that are, are, are quite, are quite real. And, um, and it's not just now that these things happen. There's, there's lots of things that can cause distractions. Um, but I, I thought it was an interesting time. And I was reminded of this, of this story, um, a real story about, about a, a flight that I wanted to uh, maybe talk about, but, um, but before I go there, I, I, I was kind of w- interested to hear your thoughts on, um, kind of the, the different things that 
I guess would cause us to be distracted in a time like this uh, because of this disorientation. And so uh, you and I have talked a little bit about that, but I, I was just wondering just generally what, if you had any thoughts about this. Yeah. You know, I have to recount the, the book that I read this in years ago. It gave an analogy of what leadership is. And it said, if a group of people are in a forest cutting down lumber, the managers on the ground with the people making certain the process of cutting down the tree is done the right way and you're securing it the right way. The leaders a few miles ahead in a treetop trying to see where they're going and making certain that he or she is navigating them the right way. As leaders, I think we have to be also forecasters we have to be positive outlook forecasters. We have to be able to navigate circumstances and situations as efficiently as possible and give those people that are on the ground and really can't see too far ahead, which really isn't their obligation or job, but give them a forecast that's going to allow them to understand that we're going in a good, right direction. Um, COVID has really, really, really challenged business, it's challenged families, it's challenged so many institutions in our communities. But I, I really feel that true leaders and true leadership is about figuring out where we're going and how we're getting there. And it can be positive. There are a lot of positive things that are going to come out of COVID. There are a lot of positive practices that we're gonna be able to implement in our everyday lives. I mean, we have so many opportunities coming out of this pandemic because we are coming out of it. And we need to be prepared in an optimistic way for what the next few years are going to look like. Let's not worry about the last 14, 15 months. Let's be concerned about what's going forward. And what are some best practices that we've had the opportunity to deliberate on in the last 12 months, 13 months since the COVID shutdowns have happened? So I really feel, Colin, that there are just a lot of tremendous opportunities for a lot of different uh, directions. I'll, I'll take one, for example. If we just look at churches, yeah. I feel churches have had a tremendous opportunity to reach more people because of the pandemic. And it probably will be better practice to implement a lot of online church as well as in-person church. This is one of those positives that have come out. How many families have sat and listened to church services together online because of the pandemic situation? So as a leader in the church, I would say, hmm, this is an adjustment that was uh, precipitated by COVID, that actually may be one of the better practices that we can have. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I you know, two two other areas that I would I would echo that in is is one with family. Um, you know, uh, as you know, my mom had her birthday uh, a couple of months back, and for the first time ever, we had family from literally all over the world connected via this a platform just like this on a, on a Zoom call. And, uh, and there's, there's no other 
there would have been no other time that this would have ever happened. You know, a few people would have called and say happy birthday kind of thing. And, but we had, we had family in, in, in Florida. We had family on the, on the West coast. We had family in the UK and then, uh, in the Caribbean and they all were able to connect and it was, uh, it was really a, an interesting moment because there were grandkids. And so there was a tool that was available in the, and a way of connecting that we didn't necessarily think of before, but we were forced to think differently. Um, I also echo um, the organization, one of the organizations I lead is, is uh, we found we were able to take a reach because of the virtual environment to reach parts of the province that we wouldn't. And we haven't been able to reach effectively or efficiently. Uh, suddenly, we're able to engage people from corners of the province as long as they had internet access um, to have live discussions and uh, live meetings and uh, educate and inform people. So I, I would echo that. Um, one of the things, and this is probably a little more personal for for me in terms of the the. I'm going to say the disorientation, I've, I've been able to experience both the advantages or see some of the advantages. In some ways, I've been a bit challenged on trying to give people comfort <laughs> that, hey, we're going in the right way. Um, we can't see too far in the future, um, but we can anticipate some things and, and you know, be comfortable with the fact that, hey, we're going to be uncomfortable for a while. As a matter of fact, you know, over and over again here as recently as yesterday was, you know, get comfortable with, with being a little uncomfortable. It's not a bad thing. And so I'm finding that as leader, as I'm hearing, and as I, as I need to uh, echo um, with, with my own teams um, is that it's okay. We're, we are going to be okay. And, and so uh, I'm reminded of that. And it's, you know, something I'm going to be exercising very actively over the next uh, uh, number of weeks and to, you know, schedule calls with, with an individual or group basis um, uh, again over the next month or two, for sure. Um, it reminded me, and I, I, I shared this with you before, but uh, there is a story I'd shared at a, at a commencement uh, a college uh, commencement a couple of years ago, or maybe three years ago now. It was, uh, uh, and you can, anyone can look this up, uh, do, do a web search on it. It was on Eastern Airlines 401. And the, the, the first time I, 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 I saw this or heard of this, has you ever seen that show Mayday? Yeah. <laughs> Where they, Too many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually, I, I like to watch it when I'm getting on a plane and then you know, people same around here. me start getting nervous. Yes, right? Same here. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, uh, but that you know the story I'm just I'm going to get into here. It was a great reminder of what leaders should be focused on and what they probably shouldn't be too focused on at certain times. And you know, like like you talked about as leaders, we're we're expected to create vision and see over the horizon and and you know be up in the tree so you could see far enough and listen really closely what's happening in the environment and and then make some bold decisions um, to keep the team focused on on its goals, right? So, um, you know, true story, uh, I, I, you know, mentioned Eastern Airlines 401, and I can't remember the year, but it was a flight from New York to Miami, and uh, it was a brand new aircraft, uh, I believe it was in the mid-70s that this occurred, and brand new aircraft, had a super experienced crew, uh, you know, the captain had like 30,000 hours of experience and, 
um, anyone who knows aviation, if you you know if you start getting into the three, four, five thousand hours, that's considered to be fairly experienced. So the captain had nearly thirty thousand hours. Um, the flight officer had nearly six thousand. They had a flight engineer with fifteen thousand hours, and then plus they had an off-duty pilot who was sitting in the jumper seat. And uh, and and so what had happened? They were flying in at night, um, late at night, and uh, they were about to make their their uh, their approach. And when they went to lower the landing gear, there's three lights on their on their panel. I want to call it a dashboard. I don't know a lot about planes, but but they, there's three lights that indicate that the landing gear is fully engaged. Well, the when they dropped it, the middle light was supposed to be the nose uh, gear. That light didn't come on, and so they weren't sure why. I'm like, okay, so they they uh, they raised the gear and they lowered it again. The light still didn't come on, so. The, 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 and this is all recorded. You can listen to the whole audio of this thing. <clears throat> and uh, so you could hear the captain kind of getting upset about this. And, and so, uh, so they, they call down to the tower. And um, the, the, uh, there was one person on duty at the time, and they were covering some other flights and say, listen, can we, uh, can we level off at 2,000 feet? We're just going to check a couple things. And, um, uh, before we try to land and so the the control uh, the air traffic uh, controller says you're sure that's fine uh level off at 2000 and uh they kind of had a, a, a kind of elliptical pattern that they're going to hold and they go he goes back to work on some other flights so through the whole audio you can hear these guys all frustrated and they go through a series of checks they do a thing called lighting the Christmas tree, which they push a button and all the lights on the on the, the panel come on. And it's a way of checking to see if there's a light burnt out. And uh, so they, they do the check. That light still doesn't come on. Hmm. So they start tapping the light. Maybe the bulb's loose. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, that still doesn't come on. So they tell one of the guys to go down in the avionics. And, and there's a hole that they can look through. To see, do a visual, a direct visual check to see if the gear is down. And so guy looks at that, sits down. Well, they can't figure out why then this light isn't working. So they actually go as far as they, they found a, 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 a flat edge and they popped, they actually popped the lights out and gone with a, with a, with a tissue and a, and a, and a flat edge to try to see if they could figure out well something must be loose and they start fiddling with this thing so while all this is going on the captain puts it into autopilot at 2,000 feet but they don't realize but somewhere along the way they bumped a setting and it changed to a different setting which held the course that they're on but it didn't hold the altitude and so at a very imperceptible level the plane starts to descend and, you know, it drops 50 feet. Don't notice anything. I mean, when you're on from 2000, 1950, yeah. you really don't notice the difference, yeah. but there is this subtle change that was continuing to happen. And, but they were so engrossed in this, in this particular process after about three minutes, they lost about 250 feet and they got an, there, there's a there's an audible warning that happens in flights, and it's, it's a, like a C chord chime, and you could actually hear it on the recording. They heard it in their headsets, but they were so engrossed arguing about this this silly light 
that they paid no attention to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, you could hear it, but they're so wrapped up in this moment. Their traffic controller picks up after a while that they've dropped quite a bit. And so the uh, air traffic controller calls up and says, hey, 401, uh, is everything okay? And uh, the captain barked something back to this guy saying, yeah, things are fine. And the controller went back to deal with the other flights. He was super busy that night. Several seconds later, the, the, the first officer, you know, they, when they begin to take another turn, you realize there's something that's not right. Mm-hmm. And so I'll read you word for word what it was actually said. This is uh, the first officer says, hey, we did something to the altitude. And the captain says, what? First officer says, well, we're still at 2,000 feet, right? Then the captain says, hey, what's happening here? And about 10 seconds after the exchange, the jetliner crashed. And, um, and now there were 101 fatalities. There, there were 75 passengers and crew members that survived. Um, uh, actually, I believe the guy in the jumper seat was uh, actually survived. And that crash with a brand new plane that was less than three months old, the whole event led to the eventual collapse of that airline. You know, if you go look at Eastern airlines, it doesn't exist anymore, yeah. but it, it led to that crash. And if at any point during that exchange of let's figure out what's going on with this light, somebody even looked up out the window, they would have recognized something's not right, (laughs) but they had somebody on the ground call up and say, is everything okay? And they, it was kind of an ignored message. They heard the C chord chime and that was kind of an ignored message. Nobody intended to ignore these things. They were just caught up, in this, in this issue of which they largely figured out that it wasn't really a problem, but it was a major distraction. Um, you know, it was something that could have been deferred to say, let, when we get on the ground, let's call maintenance to come in and and take care. Let's let the specialists take care of that. And, you know, but you know, the, the, the key thing that came out of that for me is that there's so many times that there are things that happen inside of organization, outside of organization that, can distract us and it's hard for us to filter some of those things out so you know the first job of the of the pilot is to fly the plane yes (laughs) Yes, they're responsible to make sure that you know everyone's comfortable in the back and you've got part of your team to make sure everyone's got their seat belts and you know if the coffee maker doesn't work people kind of get upset and you know are the bathrooms working and all those things they're important but the first job was to fly the plane and uh, and so I'm kind of reminded of that responsibility right in the middle of, of, of COVID, right in the middle of this pandemic, and sometimes grappling for myself, am I paying attention to the right things? I mean, we look out in the future, we yeah. try to make the best um, estimations as we can, and we make some decisions to continue course, adjust course, make a make a dramatic change in course and, and not necessarily being able to answer all the questions of the future but knowing that and being confident in the direction that we're going now without all the the distractions and I don't want to minimize some of the things that happen because there are serious things that are happening inside organizations so um, yeah so I was, I was interested in in kind of what your your thoughts have been around this and so that's a uh, that's why I want to prompt this particular discussion. Yeah. You know, I I love uh, watching Mayday. I, I'm like you. I 
I tended to watch it right before getting on a flight or in flight and everyone around you is looking at you going, is this guy <laughs> safe? Is he, uh, well, one of the things I, I like about the show is the tragedies that have happened. There usually is a course correction in procedure and operation that allows for better efficiency. And we cannot bring back those lives lost. And forevermore, families are going to be um, affected by it in, 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 in such a devastating way. But airline travel from these mistakes have gotten better. The leadership in the industry has gotten better with better practice and best practice and procedures and protocols. So that's one of the things I really like about the show. The, the tragedies, uh, obviously, it just tugs at your heart, but out of it, there is some triumphs that are, are taken. And I see the same thing in COVID, Colin. I, I see the fact that so many of us are going to regret what we didn't do during this time the adjustments and analytics and analysis that we could have made to allow ourselves to course correct and allow ourselves to be prepared for not only what may happen in the future, but the immediacy of when we come out, how are we going to handle things? Yeah. And there are so many that have been preparing and so many that have been plotting courses, simple things such as how do we budget now in terms of businesses? How do we budget in terms of family? Uh, what kind of spending habits are we going to have? Let's not complain about the damage that COVID has done to the economy. Let's see what's going to happen moving forward. The, the strength of a lot of our economy was built off the Great Depression. We know how our grandparents and great-grandparents are with, with their money and how they have managed it and how they course correct and protected and a lot of the wealth that still exists, I would be fascinated to notice the percentage, but a lot of the wealth that exists to this day, we call it old money in the States, yeah, yeah. came out of that depression yep. and the corrections that were made. So the lives lost, the, the mental uh, health issues that we may have, all those things, that were negatives out of COVID, there are going to be a lot of positives if leaders really deliberate and look at it from a different perspective. You know, it, it, it's funny, even as you're saying that, I'm reminded again, the, 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 the big lesson in this is not about the failure of leadership in this story, but it's about the learning now. Yes. The tragedy has happened, the failure has happened, um, you know, I've, I've failed, you failed, <laughs> you know, too many times. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, in, in the, you know, in the exercise here in the postmortem was really the time to understand, reflect, and then say, what can we do better? And, you know, coming through this period, it's, it's been a period of learning for a lot of us. And, and that's where our mind should be as well. There's there, um, there are things that we learned that were maybe good decisions, that good planning coming in, in preparation. And then we realize, Hey, there's other things that we're maybe not so good at. And, um, whether that be a leadership style or whether that be a, a particular business decision, 
and you know so much of what we wanted to talk about in 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 this uh in our podcast is really about growing as a leader and and so um you know I don't want to dwell too much on on the tragedy recognizing that's important but really on what what can we learn what can I learn today uh from this and taking the time to 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 do that and it's good time to invest and and so um you know like for me personally I'm I'm spending far more time reading and understanding not so much to always be able to tell the future <laughs> um because that's certainly not something that uh, we do we can get some good indicators and good things that we think are, are good lessons that we can draw from others and things that we can incorporate in in either our leadership style or, or, or our decision making or some of our decision making processes uh but again i think the biggest lesson out of this is is learning and staying engaged in that in that learning process. So, um, yeah, that's, that's that's why I was kind of prompted um, uh, prompted to kind of go back to that story because it was it was impactful to me in in a, in a number of different ways. It was okay. What what can we learn from this? Um, what are we distracted from? Or you know, what can distract us from our work? And, and so, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I love the story. I was. Um, that nerd that um, growing up, I, I remember Eastern Airline. I remember uh, when it had to shut down and when it had to close. And, and then as you were speaking, the, the story is so apt because you keep your eyes focused on what is a priority. Um, during this pandemic, Colin, we all were looking to leadership. We're all looking for leaders in the medical community, leaders in the political arena, leaders in the community. We're all looking for leaders in media. We're looking for something to hold on to. And I think in many cases, there are a lot of successes. And in many cases, there are a lot of failures. And I am hopeful that coming out of this, that leadership in so many different industries that have so much influence as maxwell said in his 21 laws of leadership leadership is about influence and whether or not i know it as a media person as a political elected official as a bureaucrat people are looking to us as leaders and our decisions and how we handle and manage crisis defines our leadership there should be an audit in the public and private sector of how this COVID pandemic was managed and handled, not for the sake of pointing fingers, et cetera, but for the sake of if this happens again, what's best practice? Do you remember the game Ring Around the Rosie? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know the etymology of that? I can't remember. Yeah, the etymology of that is a game that we've all played as kids. The etymology of that is during the Black Plague, 16, uh, 1600s. Okay. In London, because so many people were dying and the infections around people's uh, mouths, the smell was so accurate that people needed a pocket full of posy to sniff so that the smell would not devastate them. So a game that we played 
those people had the wherewithal to make an adjustment so that they could live. These kinds of pandemics have happened before with less technology and less sophistication than we had, and they survived and they excelled. What lessons did we learn from that besides a game that we all play? So what lessons are we going to learn from COVID that will make future generations more prepared for the next pandemic? How are we going to deliver the message? How? It's all about influence. And I, I'm one of those ones saying that this should not just go away once we get this under control. We need to study best practice. We need to understand moving forward, we have a responsibility for future generations. I love this, man. Um, that that is that is a great story. That is a great story because it 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 um, you know it's something that I haven't really thought about. You know, a long time. I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, we all get in a circle and we start singing this song and start falling over and and uh um without necessarily thinking where did this come from anyways where did somebody pick up a song like this <laughs> we we never understood the song no no, no fantastic though well uh listen I, our our time's just about about up here um you got something. You got something to send us off. I mean, I, I started talking about my, my my silly car and your 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 mom driving driving her new car. I hope she loves it. <laughs> it, is, it is a nice car. After after, if she listens to this, she might go. Well, I don't know, my boy, my boy, trying to be a good boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, yesterday, you got me kicked out of the country. <laughs> Today. <laughs> You're getting me excommunicated from my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, I just so you know, Ms. Reed, there is a two-liter version with the turbo <laughs> as well. I looked this up, and uh, I hope your son's taking care of you. <laughs> <laughs> we started the show deciding that we're both wimps, <laughs> or <laughs> women are stronger than us, tougher than us. <laughs> We kind of got into the middle of the show where I'm a bad son because my, now, my now, mother... now you're just in trouble. Your mom doesn't even want you to come home now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be getting text messages and you know, oh, threats man. about. Man, I got you in trouble. I got you in trouble. Uh, I I have to say I, I I really 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 enjoy your stories, but I uh, this one we're gonna have to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pro- probably. <laughs> Sorry, man, I didn't mean to set you up like that. My my wife kicks me out of the bed. <laughs> I'm kicked out of the country, and now I don't have a home. <laughs> and your mama don't want you back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's not throw mama from the train, it's throw a son from the train. <laughs> oh, you put your foot down, it's like driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> Here's the deal. I was thinking about her safety. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you were. You don't want her to go too fast. No, 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 no. no. At her age. I understand. <laughs> Make her look like she is. She loves speed. Make it look it, like she No, it, it it sounds like there's pep. There's some pep. Right. When when someone tells me that there's the the car is peppy, right? There's some pep to it. I have to really think. Well, why do they use the word pep? 
you know, it kind of like sounds like it's fizzy or something. Not really, you know, it doesn't really have that punch I'm, I'm looking for. It's got pep. But hey, wouldn't it be ironic if this particular car manufacturer ends up being this? You know what? When they come out with a 3.8 liter model, the same thing. <laughs> you'll know we had influence. You will know we had leaders. If leadership is influence, you know influence. what. So <laughs> out there, you just keep you just stand by. Go back to your dealership. Say, listen, I'd like to get the three point eight liter. <laughs> Turbocharged. <laughs> Turbocharged. <laughs> Without the noise. <laughs> and, uh, but it does have a great soundtrack. I just, I, <laughs> I. <laughs> Oh. Hey, you sound like what my wife told me when we first started dating. Uh, you got a good personality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We both married up, man. I know. We both married up. I don't want you. Obviously, you're a good salesman. You're good. <laughs> hey, hey, I sold my mom on a car. <laughs> she, she thinks she's going to be Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> and don't take it on the Autobahn. <laughs> yeah, no, no. This, 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 no, this is not the vehicle for the Autobahn. It's not the vehicle for it. Hey, hey, you going to get a phone call. Uh, yeah, there's a trade-in about that. <laughs> Yeah, when you get the call and she's she's trading up. What do you mean she's trading up? <laughs> you, car, why is she... you know, she's gonna be pointing the finger. That Colin guy is a good good guy. You need to hate him. Got some great auto advice from <laughs> He's I know. a good son. I know, I know. This, uh, I told I told my mom this I told my mom this story that this weekend when I got my car back. I went over I went over to see her on Saturday. And I told her, and she laughed and laughed and laughed. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm telling him this week this, about this about this car. She <laughs> laughed. So, now your mom's not going to feed me again because I didn't take care of my own mom. <laughs> I, I'm doomed. <laughs> well, the one thing she did say, it's like, when are you going to buy me a car? I mean, that was, that was the last thing she said. I'm like, oh. And so I, I went quiet after that, so. I mean, you're you're up, you're one up on me there, Kay. <laughs> I I may not have a place to stay. I may not have a family to go to, but <laughs> my, my 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 mom's got extra rooms if necessary. So. <laughs> but she won't feed me now because I mistreated my mom. <laughs> uh, oh, oh man, you're you're fantastic, but <laughs> well, brother, we, we better uh, we better sign off here, but. Um... And, and, uh, I know you got to go and I got to go and, but, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast and, and, uh, we will, uh, we'll catch you next time on the next, the next topic. Thank you. See you, bro.